0: My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit.
1: We're here. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-kay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks.
2: Hey there, Chris, and hello to all listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this
1: week? Well, th- I don't like the emphasis on the bad movies of yesteryear, then, David. I did emphasise that <laughs> that much, <laughs> yet. Yeah, yeah, I am protective, so. Uh, we are reviewing, if you tuned in last week, you probably already know, you may have already watched, but we are reviewing one of my favourite. It is, it, I've been trying to put together a top five list of Burt Reynolds films, and this is number three in his my favourite films. And really, it's Smoking the Bandit 1.5, really, because it's filmed the year after the first Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, it's called Hooper, and it's about Sonny Hooper, the greatest hollywood stuntman and it stars mr burt reynolds sally field jean michael vincent and mr james best otherwise known as roscoe out of dukes of hazard so dave i've got loads to say about this but have you seen this before i actually suggested it
2: i don't have a memory of this but i possibly saw it um I, i just don't remember it probably like yourself, I remember my uncles just absolutely loved all the Smokey and the Bandit, all the Burt Reynolds stuff, Cannonball Run. But for me, it was more about the the Smokey and the Bandits, the Cannonball Run movies. Those are the ones that I remember. But I've mentioned to you, like, Convoy and stuff like that. We we used to always get these kind of trucking and... um, car-based movies so i'm pretty sure i'd have watched this i just don't remember it at all and yeah watching back i i kind of well i'm still waiting for something to happen but you know i i I just was thinking oh i I don't know what's going to happen next and the answer was (laughs) nothing how dare you?
1: <laughs> How fucking dare you? That is a terrible fucking thing to say, Dave. An absolute terrible film. Straight but... out of the blocks. <laughs> so, so, Chris, what are your memories of it? <laughs> well, I, as you know, my family, I just have this proper love for Burt Reynolds. This, I think this is him at his, his peak. And I, I think as a kid, I think I saw it a couple of times. My dad was like, oh because you knew he loved Smoking the Bandit, and he loved Smoking the Bandit, he still watches it now, like, that's where we've all got it from. Uh, and the cannonball run, and it was like, yeah, this one called Hooper, and I think I saw Smoking the Bandit, then the cannonball run, then it was like The Longest Yard, or Mean Machine, as it was called in the UK, and then it was, and th- I-, I remember watching this thinking, well, he's pretty much just Smoking the Bandit, he is <laughs> the Bandit in this, you know, Sally Fields in it, uh, they-, they filmed this pretty much after Smoking the Bandit, they were in a relationship, at this point as well. You can see that Mm. chemistry on screen. It's got all Burt Reynolds' buddies in it. I mean, we've got the guy out of Cannonball Run, Mr. Foyt, the one who's trying to break down the Cannonball Run. He's the guy who's the dog, sort of like the RSPCA guy at the start. You've got the little guy who's in all his films who's the little shit next to the director. He's in loads of Burt Reynolds' films. So you've got this... So, I think, at this point, Burt was the biggest movie star in the world. He could actually dictate whatever he wanted. He was one of the, like, box office-wise, he was. Uh, But we'd seen it loads of times and could never get... It was always on UK TV, but you could never get a copy of it. And then about Mm. 10 years ago, uh, maybe even longer, maybe about 15 years ago, I decided to hunt it down. and, And I think I said last week, I've got a crappy old DVD player, which I keep in... One of the drawers under one of the beds for the, just for simply for Hooper because I've got an American version of it. And when it comes on Blu ray, and it might be on Blu ray now, I've not looked for a, a couple of years, but I need to get it on Blu ray. So I just loved it. I just loved the Burt Reynolds, the slapstick stuff, the cars. I mean, the car at the ends of Red Trans Am as well, you know, which we'll talk about. So. And it was his personal car, that was Burt Reynolds' his car. So, yeah, I just had loads of fond memories of it, and I loved the Dukes of Hazard. So, Roscoe was in this, James Best. This was just before he started filming Dukes of Hazard. So, yeah, it just tied in with all the American muscle car stuff that I loved and all the things I loved about the movies.
2: So, as you were talking there, I thought, right, well, let's have a look <coughs> on the interweb.
1: <laughs> and so, it,
2: it turns out you can get it on Blu-ray. Um, oh, right, but it looks like an American... Uh, it's like twenty-one quid, um, but funnily enough, right? In the search results that comes back, right underneath that is Convoy that I mentioned. Ah,
1: yeah, Chris <laughs> Christopherson, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my god,
2: weird coincidence there. But, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a great story, that, Chris. Um,
1: <laughs> so you were listening at all, I like, were... don't give me that nonsense. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Fuck done, off. Totally
2: all these fond memories, love Burt Reynolds. <laughs> I, I, I was listening. I was all over that shit. <laughs> right, should we get into our trailer? <laughs> yeah, let's
0: go. Burt Reynolds okay. is Hooper, and Hooper is a real hero. He can take more crashes. Oh, geez. More fire. Ah. Hello, gorgeous. More love. More hits. He can take more risks and have more fun than anyone can imagine. This is Cooper, the story of the greatest stuntman of them all, and his competition.
1: Wait a year and a half
0: to meet you. How's that? I get to perform with Sonny Hooper hell, that ain't no big deal. Burt Reynolds, Jan Michael Vincent, Sally Field, Brian Keith, James Best, Robert Klein, and Terry Bradshaw. In Hooper's world, talk is cheap, and life is cheaper. We may be in trouble. A stunt is a gag, and a gag is no laughing matter. Bam! Building falls on you crushes your fate out the end. Great Roger. Of course we'll have a dozen cameras going. And when the director yells, Action, go, go, go! I'm gonna hit it. He really means action. Hooper's in a dangerous business, but his reward is excitement, adventure, and a fortune if he lives to collect it. Burt Reynolds is Hooper. I love it, I love it. The greatest stuntman alive. I love stuntmen. Hooper, the newest movie from the team that brought you Smokey and the Bandit.
2: Sonny Hooper is the stunt coordinator on the action film The Spy Who Laughed at Danger, directed by Roger Deal and starring Adam West, playing himself. Sonny's antics and wisecracks are a trial for the egotistical director and his cowardly assistant, Tony. Years of numerous gags and the use of alcohol and painkillers are beginning to take their toll. Sonny lives with his girlfriend, Gwen Doyle, whose father, Jocko, is a retired stuntman. Now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie?
1: Dave. It's magnificent for me. It, it, oh, it, I love the start. The sort of the Mexicano music. He's getting all his gear on. Some of his padding looks like he's not going to save anything. He's putting them <laughs> sleeves on. They're like them tubby grip stuff you had when we played football. Like put that on your knee. It'll help you. You know. And he's got the full sunny hoop of the belt. The full gear on the leather gear and everything. It's pure. Burt Reynolds, he's drinking Jack Daniels, you know, it's like, he's supposed to be doing a stunt driving a bike, and he's air-fucking-drinking Jack Daniels, and he's calls beer there, which, again, is a nod to Smoking the Bandit, because in Smoking the Bandit, he's got to take calls beer from one side of America to the other, so there's all little nods in the movie to, you know, obviously my favourite movie. But yeah, he starts off exactly how Burt Reynolds films do, but I like the fact with this that there is a, there is a, a, you're gonna fucking slate me for this, because I'm all in on this, but there's a story to it that that he's an ageing stuntman now, the reason Burt Reynolds wanted to do this, I think I mentioned this on some of the other films we've done of his. He was a stuntman originally, and he mm. loves stuntmen. And he was actually one of the founders, um, he was like a honorary director of the Stuntmen Association in America. Mm. Hal Needham, who directed this, who also directed Smoking a Bandit, The Cannibal Run, was his best mate. They lived together. Hal Needham was homeless at one point. Burt Reynolds let him live with him. Uh, the absolutely best friends, but Hal Needham was regarded as the greatest stuntman. So this movie mm. is a, is based loosely on Hal Needham, and Burt Reynolds always did his own stunts. And there's one movie I don't know if it, I don't think it was Deliverance, but there's a movie where he jumps off a tree, uh, off a wall onto a tree, and he grabs the branch, and the branch snaps, and he ends right. up smacking his back, and that's when Burt Reynolds became dependent on. Uh, painkillers. So when he's taking painkillers in this movie at the start, and James Bestie's character is um, he, giving him the tablets, it's not that far from what's going on in real life for him, Dave, because he got a, a dependency, Cully is called in this James Best, but he, he's got a dependency on painkillers, and he, and he had that until the late 80s when he had to go into rehab, Burt Reynolds, and it was because of him doing his own stunts. So he always wanted to actually be a stuntman more than an actor. But when he did the movies, he always ended up with the stuntmen in their trailers because he felt they were like real men because he Mm. wanted to be the real... So he always did his own stunts. So they show a reel later on of, of like, deliverance and that. That was him doing his stunt. He always did his stunts until he got really injured and then they had to sort of swap some of the stuff around. But even going up in the crane in this movie that that's him he did all that you know there's only a couple of bits where you can see it's not him but m- most mm. of the fight scenes and well, all the fight scenes are him so yeah for me it's it's the dna of a burt reynolds film that i absolutely grew up l- loving and, and adoring but anyway go on dave hit me with it hit me with it i'm just
2: digesting you saying that burt reynolds was hanging around in the trailers with the real men <laughs> <laughs> Just the good old boys,
1: <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
2: so uh, for me, I mean that opening uh, went on for ages. Yeah, it in does. fact, Chris, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I took my daughters. Sometimes I'll just take them to the charity shops, and, and in particular, my middle daughter, she's all into her, like cosplay and stuff. So she's on the lookout for little things that she can use for that and whatever. And so, you know, I took her there sees the fast show series one and two on dvd for like fucking 50p or something and i'm like oh i'm having that <laughs> <laughs> and i thought i thought right i'm gonna put this on and i stuck it on uh and my, it was just my eldest daughter who was watching it and i was pissing myself and my my daughter was like I don't think this is as funny as you think it is. <laughs> and I'm like, look, it's the nostalgia. Because with the fast show, it was like repeated jokes, wasn't it? It was yeah. these reoccurring characters. Uh, and the scene on its own in a bubble wasn't that funny, but there was something about it when it was repeated that, that made it funny. And so I just, honestly, I'm watching this movie and I think... I've got that same sort of reaction. This is very much of its time. And like I say, with the first um, opening scene there that just goes on forever, and you've got this kind of Mexican music playing over it, I'm like, oh, fucking hell, I'm in for a long ride here. (laughs) (laughs) How (laughs) dare you? What I would say is, again, this is very much of its time. I do like the kind of core essence of the of the story, if you like. You know, that you've got this uh, older stuntman, he's desperately trying to hold on. You know, he's trying to still keep himself on the pedestal. And then you've got this uh, young whippersnapper, you know, uh, Ski... Uh, or Airwolf, as I like to call him. Yeah, Airwolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he, he feels threatened by that. And then you also have Rocco, don't you, who's even older, you know, and the the amount they put their bodies through to get this particular shot and what have you. You know, I, I do... I was teasing a little bit before. I do like the essence of the story, but, I, I mean, there's all kinds of wrong in this movie
1: as well. There's one bit, I don't know what you're going to talk about. It's terrible, actually, but really bad. Uh, it, I, even, I think, when it came out, I don't think it would have been, well, it may have been acceptable because it did count the audiences. But I, I I, I get it. I totally get it. Because I've done this one. We've done other movies, haven't we? Like, I've never seen him and, like, weird science things like that. I, I've not got mm. that nostalgia to look back on and go, oh, it's an amazing f- I love that as a kid. And you can forgive. Everything. When you watch it with fresh eyes, like you are doing now, I completely understand. I completely get it. I just love his movies. I, lo- I It's a DNA of a lot of the... His best movies are around between, like, 1978 to about 82. And then after that... Mm. If, I mean, before there were some amazing films. He were more serious films. But once he hit the cannonball, uh, smoking the bandit, he he, he did a, a reel of about four or five, which were excellent, but then there's a load of shit that Burt Reynolds does. But the essence of it, brilliant... I just love that these car chases, these fights, these things like that. And Bert Reynolds is on this horse, Dave, like that that uh, prancer or dancer, or whatever he's called, dancer, sorry. And he's doing all that with the horse jumping up and everything. That's him. That's not, There's no stuntman. So I, I respect someone who does that in movies, like Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise now because, them Mission Impossible stunts he does, mm. are fucking brilliant. He's so brave and just a proper gentleman junkie sort of like well if i can do it you can do it sort of thing and i love that i'd so respect him for that so i think that's what i love about this is burt reynolds is always there and i mean he's fucking irish jig is absolutely awful but <laughs> it's fucking terrible his wig without a doubt but as a movie it's just what i love but go on i mean you you spoke to me about some of the stuff that was bad in it i'd love to know um, what you think
2: well i i, I <laughs> There was a homophobic slur oh, wasn't there? I don't think that awful. was i don't think that was too out of the t- context of the time to be honest i mean as as horrible as that is i i you saw that on other movies around the seventies yeah. and eighties didn't you so you know that's just unfortunate and it's it's in keeping with the time um i i just coming back to the um the crane bit like I say that. I think that was the first bit where i I really thought oh yeah that that is quite dangerous so the crane bit right at the start where he's on the set and he has to do this uh stunt with a a dog and you know you've got the copper there wanting to want it to be a fake dog or what have you and the way he's kind of just holding on to the crane. I, I can't actually see that there's. he's got a harness. I can't see that he's clipped on there. So I was like, oh, fair enough. You know, you wouldn't get an actor, unless it was Tom Cruise maybe today, actually doing that. But um, I, I think th- the thing is about this movie, like I say, at its core there's a good story. I don't think they particularly play it out well. But it's just all about Burt Reynolds and his charisma, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think, you know, he gives the eye rolls and the little eyebrow lift and the (laughs) occasional, like, you know, the high-pitched laughing and things like that. These are all trademarks, aren't they, pretty much, of of, uh, Burt Reynolds' movies around this time. And so I I can see why it's in the shadow of um, Smokey and the Bandit, because... It's it's all just Burt Reynolds as Smokey in the Bandit was as well, but this made like, it. It was made for a budget of six million, and it made seventy eight million at the box office. <laughs> You'd think <laughs> that is not a bad return at all, but it's more like just critically, for whatever reason, or not even critically, but just in the zeitgeist, people just don't really remember this one. I mean, you're, you, you are literally a super fan of Burt Reynolds, <laughs> you? you? have his fucking picture. You work at desk. Yeah. You work at the desk. Um,
1: I don't have my wife up. and daughter. I don't have my wife and daughter. I have a picture of Burt Reynolds, Elvis in Las Vegas. That's how fucking dedicated a fan I am. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. So, so you don't count.
2: <laughs> because you're going to have watched pretty much whatever he's done. Although I still want to do that sword and sorcery one uh, that he did at at some point (laughs) 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 but um i mean the thing is there's a moment later on in the film where he's rescuing a girl or an actress quite a pretty lady oh yeah uh, (laughs) rescuing her from the car and then, just has a little nibble on a bum, Chris. Yeah, no, just yeah. As <laughs> just as he's fucking saving her. And I'm like, fuck me. And again, in the 70s, everyone's like, oh, what a guy. Yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah. groping that actress. Like. And she's just like, oh, you know, just laughing it off. And I'm like, fucking hell. Yeah. Just as a society, when you come back and you watch this shit you're like Jesus Christ, we were a fucking terrible bunch, but um <laughs> no yeah i mean there wasn't there wasn't too much there, but that well I, I mean when he's he's drunk a little bit later as well and he's he's basically uh coming on to the uh the waitress or bar tender lady um and her husband's right there he 's a big fucker um Again, you're like, this is our protagonist here, but he's not a particularly nice bloke. But I think watching this back in the 70s, we probably didn't even think anything of that.
1: Yeah, and I think you're right, because my favourite bit from this whole movie, when I always talk about my YouTube Friday night specials, is the bit where they're all talking that ski's been introduced they're at the charity do and then you know i keep calling him, he's cully but i want to call him fucking roscoe he's like we need to go to a palomino club <laughs> and he's like no we need to a palomino club and then eventually i love that song the music kicks in they're driving on the motorway he's driving backwards everyone's passing beer to each other a motorcyclist comes through takes a beer off one of the girls obviously ridiculous <laughs> yeah. at that speed but it's all homages to the stuntman and then the copper pulls him, he eventually sort of pulls him and he's, he's there chatting away and he's like, you can't go 50 backwards. And then the next minute, he does it again. Now, they're all daft effects and all different things and Burt Reynolds does a lot of that. He's doing the spin, He seemed to do the spinning with Sally Field and Jocko mm. in there and all that. And, and he's doing it, but I love all that. And then the fight. So, the fight scene, you've got the bald Eddie guy who is in, he's the main, like, psychopath out of the Mean Machine. Um, he's in... Cannonball run, he's the one who Roger Moore goes, I'm Roger Moore, and he goes, who? And he goes, Roger Moore, and he chins him with a... You know, he absolutely cracks Roger Moore one and and knocks it. He's in loads of Burt Reynolds films. So he's a Native American, he's a martial artist, he's one of Burt Reynolds' his friends. Now, the guy who he chins when he, you know, when he does the old, he does the mooing thing, and he runs and and cracks it all, he's an American footballer called Terry Bradshaw. Now, Burt Reynolds had never met him at this point. And Terry Bradshaw and Burt Reynolds become really, really good friends. Now, Terry Bradshaw is in his late 70s. He's still a commentator in America on, on for the NFL and that. And he was still playing and everything. I think he's a linebacker. He came on set just to see the set, and someone had introduced him through a friend to Burt Reynolds, and he just went, do you, to, do you want to do a scene? So this fight scene was on, but he was supposed to be the guy with the bald head. And Terry Bradshaw got, like, um top billing, and you know the bit when he chins him, doesn't he, and then he headbutts him and his teeth comes out? Well, you know the bit where he hits him on the head... They glued that specifically, they, they smashed up the headset, the, the uh, bike helmet, mm. glued it all so it looked perfect, but what they didn't realise was Terry Bradshaw's a fucking monster with massive hands, so when he cracks Burt Reynolds, <laughs> and Bert, you see Burt Reynolds go like that, ah, you know, like, look, that's not fake, that's real, because he was like, holy shit, he actually knocked him on his ass, Dave, he didn't, <laughs> like, fall, he didn't realise he was going to... Hits him so hard because he wasn't a trained actor so he fucking planted Burt Reynolds on his ass. but so he ended up being a different he's in the cannonball run as well he's with the guy who's got the speech impediment when they end up in the water and he and driving oh, the yeah. car. he's in he's in, in Smoking a Bandit too. he's the guy who lifts up gets a guy to lift up the car when um Jackie Gleason's chasing in Buford teacher, so he ends up being a great fan of Burt Reynolds and being in different movies, having, like, little spots. So, uh, just different things, but that whole scene with the fight... I love I absolutely love that fight scene it's so ridiculous and Sally feels there trying to eat a steak and everyone's just jumping around her and stuff and, and all that it's just I'd, I always as a kid I know it sounds really stupid because you don't ever want to be in a fight but I, I've had a few brawls in pubs in that day and, and, and in clubs and they were never like that as a kid I always wanted to be involved <laughs> in one of them American fucking brawls where everyone's just chinning each other and at the end of it they all fucking shake hands and go come on let's have a drink and they're all pals but um, yeah It's stupid, but I grew up thinking that they were the sort of brawls you'd see in a pub when I got older, and they weren't like that, Dave, at all, (laughs) but there you go.
2: I I think it's almost a relic of the time, though, isn't it? With the fight, and and it's it's endearing to hear how much you loved it, but I was just like, this is fucking by-the-numbers stuff, this. Uh, You know, again, because I'm watching it in 2022, aren't I? Yeah. And it's like, well, this is you know a bit like cannonball run you know it's it's like previous movies around this time and i guess i guess it's one of those you know because they're they're watching all the old westerns i guess you know it is set a little bit back in time isn't it yeah where you you'd have a big uh, saloon bar fight or whatever but this is just set in the modern day and I, I just don't think you you don't tend to see these kind of things in movies anymore do you
1: no, no. This, I mean, this. even in Cannonball Run, you get the fight, don't you, with the bikers yeah, and that. They, that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cannonball Run 2. You, you've always had that. Dave, I grew up with these sort of You did as well. You, you watch these movies and you're like, that just wouldn't happen. But it literally, one person has a fight and every single person just starts chinning each <laughs> other. They're nothing to do with that fight. If you're in a pub now... And even as, you know, I've seen plenty of, when we were in the band, you'd, you used to see the odd brawl, didn't you, in that? You'd, you'd have like, someone to throw a punch. He usually got broke. I've never, you know, touched what I've never seen anything. Um, I've seen, so yeah, I've seen bad stuff. But, I mean, when we were in the band, I didn't see any bad, like, proper thingies. But you wouldn't just start, looking at the guy over your shoulder and going, I tell you what, I'm just going to smack him. But they do in these films, everyone <laughs> just fucking... Imagine mean you together we're sat there and then just there's just some random table next to us and because everyone's fighting we just fucking throw a bomb. start it's scrapping. Just, just start <laughs> scrapping for no reason.
2: <laughs> I tell oh, you God. what, Chris, there was, there was a moment in the middle or so after the fight and, and the guy you were just talking about there had his Freddy Krueger t-shirt on pretty yes. much. Um I I think uh, where this film kind of brought me in a little bit, and and I was thinking at the time, Chris is having a different reaction here, but when Bert is walking around in his (laughs) Y-fronts... Right? And he's looking at himself in the mirror. Now, he's quite a skinny guy. He must must be about 40-ish, I reckon, around this time, was he? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: So he's quite skinny. He's got fucking less uh, less body fat than I have at uh, this age. So so, you know he looks quite good, but you can see he's like not really happy with himself, and he's kind of analysing and and so I was like, right, okay, so I get it. It's kind of it's it's him almost having this kind of midlife crisis and, and kind of almost mourning that loss of youth. You know, he's he's got this ski, he's coming through, he's he's trying to one up him, you know, and prove that he's still the best and, and he just has to come to terms with getting older. So that's that's how I saw that that scene, and I was like, All right, there's there's more going on here than than my kind of eye rolls. But all I was thinking was Chris has probably got a fucking stalk on at this point. <laughs>
1: tell you what sally field was called dave in some of them scenes i'm telling you she's a very pretty lady around this time. well but,
2: but reynolds film you know around this time the air con is always on full
1: I'm fucking telling you i mean farrah fawcett's the worst in the Cannibal on the first yeah. one my god i have had many a fucking feel of myself about them dave. But anyway, yeah. my word but no i think you're right i mean I do think, from the point of the fight, and then we get this, come back to my house and the ranch and everything, and everyone's there asleep, I do think that goes more serious tone, because he's, mm. he's trying to keep up with this guy. I love the story of the fact that he's trying to keep up with this young kid, which is a natural, and even Jocko says to him, like, her daddy's like... This is how I felt when you came on yeah. the scene. You know, you're the greatest stuntman, and th- obviously Roger, who's the director. Now, the Roger is supposed to be based on a director who directed two of Burt Reynolds' films. who's an absolute uh, wanker, and that's who the character is supposed to be based. And he's the comedian who plays him, uh, plays Roger. But he he once do a few stunts. He's a James Bond thing where he's got the like, the, the, the 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 bank robber gear on and he's rolling <laughs> round and Dude. that
2: you know copyright didn't seem to be an issue back then did it oh no,
1: the they music use, like, the, yeah. the music in in cannonball
2: run and they just <laughs> fucking use it here as well you're like yeah. surely that's not
1: quite right but no yeah, they're yes. just quite happy about just using that music yeah i think with the cannonball run i think they ended up having to get um when it when it first got screened they had to then they didn't realize they needed permission off like Koby broccoli's family and stuff, you know, to use the score and that was right, to give him. Right. Um, even though Roger Moore was in there because he was still James Bond at that point, one in the, the yeah, World? yeah. But uh, but no, you're right. These I mean, the scene's pretty shit, and they're going wow, that's brilliant ski, brilliant, and it's pretty rubbish <laughs> really. The guys are about four yards away from him, and one of them has got him, you know, stormtrooper levels of like in his his fucking eyesight eye line and misses him. But anyway, it works for the scene, and Adam West is still there, uh, you know, in the background. He's done a couple of things. But I think once that like, Jocko has his, his heart attack, and then it's sort of like, it, and his back's fucked because he says to him, don't he does that like jump off the building?" And he's like, um, "We don't make a fuss, but we need to see a doctor." And doctor's like, "You need to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be your back's fucked sort of thing." And because you can see they've put all like prosthetic scars all over his body. Haven't they? He's got one his yeah, shoulder, yeah. his stomach. He's like his thigh. He's got he, he's covered in these scars, obviously from being a stuntman. And I think. The one thing with the movie that always bugged me, Dave, f- from being thinking so, so, he takes that Tony out. Says he wants hundred grand, and the, and the the, the uh, Max, who's like the studio director, the old bloke, mm. keeps coming over, and he's like, you need to get him for less. So he, he takes him on this journey, fucking absolutely doing wheel spins, everything, puts yeah, the car yeah. upside down. He's like, yeah, hundred grand's fine. They get the deal. Is. I, lo- I loved the bit when they get the car. So that was Bert Reynolds' car. It was a tran- Trans Am. Um, he-, he had a deal with Pontiac because of the Smoking the Bandit sales had gone through the roof. The Trans Am ended up being one of the best-selling cars of the seventies. Just and that was at the back end of the seventies because of Smoking the Bandit. Um, he's he get pissed. They've got the rocket car and they're having got the copper, aren't they? And he's like, uh, yeah. oh, "Bye bye, nice officer." And the, the car, yeah, go love yeah. all that. Love all that. But what bugs me more than anything in this whole movie is an absolute Trans Am purist, is the fact that the fucking car they used to jump is nothing like a Trans Am, Dave. It's a red car that looks nothing like it. It's almost <laughs> Superman 2 levels of, it's a fake, it's, it's a proper <laughs> jump. They did we, proper jump. a proper <laughs> jump...
2: We haven't mentioned it. Is it like a no-treat-no-surrender-3 stunt man?
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. The car looks nothing like a Trans Am. And they did do the stunt, because it, so it was all filmed on a World War Two hospital uh, base and everything. It was an abandoned one. So that's what they used, so they could knock the, the bridge down, everything. And it was actually done. But the, mm. obviously, when they put the, all that, it's just ridiculous a bit always bugs me dave as a as a con- continu- um, continuity of a film. I know like we don 't always pick up on things, but that fucks me off somewhat rotten because it just annoys me so much that. The car looks nothing like the car. I mean, it's got a screaming chick. It's got the screaming eagle on the bonnet, the, the smoking the bandage screaming eagle. Like They had on all them cars then, the Trans Am mm. Trans- mm. ones. And it doesn't even have that when it jumps. So anyway, it's a, it's a minor thing, but it's so glaring once you've seen it. You're like, that looks nothing like the same car. But anyway, I mean, what did it's you it's think? It's red. From? I mean, yeah, that that that's it.
2: where that's the similarity a- ends, really, isn't it? Yeah, so. yeah.
1: Yeah no I mean
2: I actually thought a lot of the stunts a lot of the car based stunts leading up to this bit were were really good and and I think what you do get for for all of the you know fucking homophobia misogyny and everything <laughs> blatant racism that you see in these movies um when we go back this far what you do get are these proper practical Stunts and and uh, you know you you can't help but be impressed by that. To be honest, I mean the 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 jump, even though it's not a Trans Am, you know, and the and the uh, bridge falling down or blowing up or whatever and falling down and then the car jumping over really, really impressive. And it actually made me think of... Oh, which is is the Bond one? Is is it Live and Let Die? Which is the one
1: where the car spins around like 360 in the air? uh, The man with the golden gun. The one where he goes over the bridge with the old... It's the... Yeah, that's a proper stunt. The man with the golden gun it is. Yeah, 100%. Is it the golden gun? yeah. Right, right. But yeah, it it made me
2: think of that where you just think... Again, it's almost meta, isn't it? Because you've got you've got this movie about stuntmen and what they put themselves through, and you think, well, to do this shit, you know, that that was real stuntmen in there, and it looks fucking dangerous. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, I did I did like that bit, and like I, I, I wasn't quite sure. You know what, Chris? And I, I'll I see this a bit differently from yourself, because, you know, most of the Burt Reynolds stuff is... is fairly lighthearted isn't it and i wonder if that's what doesn't resonate with people that you do have underlying you know this really serious and thought-provoking story yeah um you know and Bert reynolds even when he's he's getting told by the doctor you know about he's, he's got to pack up like and and Bert reynolds is just he's just cracking the jokes he's like half of you, what you know uh, is based on you know finding out what i've done to myself you know it's just a little bit jarring to me now i've only watched this the once so i I might go back and feel differently but um i i just found that i I thought that could have been played and and it was that that moment with the y fronts that was the only moment where you know it's just him in a private moment where he's not cracking jokes or anything he's just you know, uh, really contemplating life and what have you. But um, I, I, I didn't. I thought at the end, right? This was the point I was going to make. I thought it might have been a better ending and a more iconic movie if they didn't make that jump, I, or rather, they didn't succeed with that jump. Yes, and they died.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, or you do the uh, Butch Cassidy Sundance. They hit the jump, and it goes off, and the credits mm. roll. You know, the car's in the air, and you're or left Fel- with... Thelma like, and Louise. Yeah, Thelma and Louise, like, well, did they make it? Yeah. yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you. I mean, we get... The thing is, it's very serious, and he sat there... You know when he's it, it, like because if he's back and I think he's fucked and he gets out and he's fine, and he? he's, he's 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 like joking, but then he chins Roger you know he's like that's the greatest stunt i've ever seen and and <laughs> he does the fourth wall stuff again, then he looks at the camera, the Burt Reynolds style, and just cracks him on, <laughs> so yeah i he's
2: acting when i I don't know if he's supposed to be knocked out or something. that that was not good (laughs) that was really not good i mean what what he's good at is like you say the fourth wall breaking the the little facial expressions you know the eye rolls the the lifting of the eyebrow whatever those are the the things that Burt reynolds does really well and his charisma just bursts out the screen but when he was Pretending to be knocked out, I just thought that was terrible. I thought it was borderline comedy at how bad it was. To be honest, <laughs> fucking get out right
1: now. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fucking get out right now. But no, I'm with all you. Those nice with, I know you have. I know it's charisma, but are you. Yeah, I'm with you. That, but... no, because he is he's, he's slumped in, he like and just not yeah. like, responding to anybody. But his eyes are open, so it'd have been better if his eyes had been shut. I agree. That's I one bit. So. Yeah, honestly, I'm not. I'm, I'm only playing because i'm with you because there's, there's there is bits in this that wind me up that's one of them as well i agree because it doesn't fit with it and it's like well, why don't you just have his eyes shut and then he opens them and smiles or something or you know twiddles his mustache the famous burt reynolds mustache but anyway dave i am so pleased that you've watched this, whether you liked it or not because it made me watch it again i fucking love it so shall we get into our review scores let's go <laughs> So, I'm going to be boring, Dave, and I'm going to go first, because there's no point. We know where this is going for me. This is going to the top. It's Smoking a Bandit, one and a half, basically. It's got everything that I love about Burt Reynolds movies, there's a little bit of seriousness there, like you say, we've got a fight, we've got cars, we've even got a Trans Am, Dave having a Trans Am is for me a uh, top of the tree all day long, so I am sending this to Cloud City, I'm not listening to anything you've said, there is some really bad homophobic stuff in there, like I said it's that one scene which is awful and there's still the sexism and, and stuff but it's got Burt Reynolds and it is of its time, if you've never seen it before like yourself, it could be an issue, but yeah, it's got to go Cloud, Cloud City for me because it's a film I absolutely adore. So, what about yourself, Dave?
2: Halfway through this movie, I'm thinking you and I are going to fall out here <laughs> <laughs> because this is going to the bottom. This is crap. Uh, it's just nothing here at all. And at the midpoint of the movie, it kind of hooked me in a little bit, just with the the underlying uh, story that middle age kind of midlife crisis, you know, the uh, having been on the top for so long and, and just having to deal with, uh, you know, someone coming in and replacing you, essentially. And you, like you say, you get uh, Rocco's perspective on that. It's like, well, yeah, you're having to deal with it. That's exactly how I felt. And, and that's all of us, isn't it? We all have yeah. to deal with that at some point. So I, I did really appreciate that. Plus, you've got Burt Reynolds, and like I say, he is – Charismatic, you know, around this time he was he was at the top of his game, really, wasn't he? So I, I did kind of enjoy uh, going back for that. I, I'm not going to put it any higher. This this for me sits somewhere between Elm Street and Hill Valley. I'm just going to pop it into Hill Valley, but it's it's a close one. I, I might watch this one again. I think that's what brings it more into Hill Valley. Um, but I don't think. I don't feel like this is too much of a patch on uh, things like
1: Smokey and the Bandit and uh, and Cannonball Run. No, I'm with you, Dave. It's number three in my all-time list, to be honest, so good stuff. So, Dave, it is your pick next week, and I've got to say, I know what we're doing, and I've wanted to pick this at some point as well, so what are we doing, my friend? Well, we sometimes, uh, you know, we go
2: a little bit of a stretch without going for a proper iconic blockbuster and I don't, well actually would I class this as a blockbuster, I don't know but it is well known and I'm sure lots of our listeners will have watched this and have some kind of fond memories of it. This is Chris Robocop We've got a volunteer the body is on the way
0: Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime.
2: General. in a row.
0: As you know, we've entered into a contract with the city to run local law enforcement. We were able to save the left arm. What? I thought we agreed on total body prosthesis. Now lose the arm, okay? We get the best of both worlds onboard computer assisted memory and a lifetime of on the street law enforcement programming.
2: Hey, Lewis, it's Supercop. This guy
0: is really good.
2: He's not a guy, he's a machine.
0: What are they going to do, replace us?
2: Murphy, it's you. Go
0: get him, boy. Thank you. You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. Anything you say may be used against you. You better back up, pal! Your move, creep. The Future of Law Enforcement robocop thank you for your cooperation i'll buy
1: that for a dollar <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> now this one is on amazon prime so some of the things that we've done uh, you know and it's, it's there if free if you've got amazon prime but um that usually means chris by the time we come to review it uh, or release our episode it's fucking taken off but as uh, usual but hopefully yeah. not yeah <laughs> I'm with you.
1: So, anyway, Dave, big thank you to everybody today. Thank you, everyone, for listening and tuning in. If you do want to support us, get us to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash VHS Strikes Back. If you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. And if you do want to follow us on social media, at VHS Strikes Back. So, the roll call of honour for today is Mr. John Hammond, Blake, Maths, Jax, Herb, Lucky Lulu Green, Kent Gustavson, Dylan, Heath, Matt Bates, Carl, Mark Pearson, Paul, alec and timothy so thank you so much guys we really appreciate all your support everyone past and present who has been a patron, we love you all so thank you so much so dave i'm gonna go off and touch myself looking at my burt reynolds pictures what are you <laughs> going to take us out with today my friend
2: <laughs> oh you bastard you've <laughs> done this for a while oh there must be a quote in here hold on Well, Chris, I'll finish you off with a little line that is said by Sonny, obviously contemplating his midlife crisis as well. He simply says, if my ding-dong ain't going to work, I don't want to (laughs) live. I'll speak to you next time.
0: That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a
2: couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back because it'll be dark soon and they must have come at night nice i'll be back
0: that's not
2: we came we saw we kicked it ass
0: wax on wax off. Run! Get off get to the chopper one ring to death all right ding ding I'll Bust you up. <laughs> 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 oh, you so bad. Yeah, come on. You must be crazy or something. Crazy. You're just stupid Yeah, maybe you're stupid. stupid, stupid. Heavy. <laughs> He's a fool. i seen you in six <laughs> <times>. <laughs> I must break.